Amen, amen. Good morning, Identity Church. I want to go ahead and get us started here just a few minutes before because I just wanted to sort of exhort everybody and just tell you, you know, with, with all the things that are going on in the world, you know, a lot of times I believe people can just decide to shut down and say, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a part of people. I'm not going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to take it easy. And you know what? I, I'm going to exhort you guys because you guys showed up on a Sunday morning that was like 25 degrees. I mean, we had trick me spring that came along and then all of a sudden it like, it like hit this weekend and everybody's freezing, you know, you know, your, your rear ends off. And so you guys decided to show up. I am really proud of you guys. We lost an hour. We lost an hour. Yeah. I will tell you, I, I'm feeling that lost hour too. Uh, if I say something and it's like, okay, I got to go track back, it's because that hour is making my mind go in a different direction. But I just wanted to give you guys that that exhortation because I just knew, you know, this is this is one of those weeks where it's like I could have just stayed at home, stayed in bed, prepared for the next week, and you guys, y'all are the troopers. So, but you know, after last week. And my wife did an excellent job. You know, I, the Lord had been putting on my heart for a long time to talk about my beliefs, our belief system as the compartments of your heart. And when Heather said, hey, I want to teach and I've got a, a you know, I'm going to teach on belief. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity. And I prayed about it. And, you know, I said, well, you know. I just kind of feel like the Lord wants me to teach it at some point in time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expound on some things maybe that Heather said, but I'm going to go in a couple of different directions as well. Because I believe that we all have areas in our life that we may have good beliefs, we may have bad beliefs, we may have contradictory beliefs. Have you ever had a contradictory belief? I have. I've had plenty of contradictory beliefs. You know, my grandmother used to go all the time. She goes, well, you're healthy. You know, and she would feed me and go, well, you just eat more food and it just makes you more healthy. Well, no, makes you more fat. <laughs> but see, we would have contradictory beliefs about everything. You know, we have contradictory beliefs about not just God, I mean, I believe that the number one problem in the church, in the body of Christ, the reason why we have denominations everywhere, we have all these other things where people are trying to find the, the, the little bitty belief changes is because people like to be different. I like to have a different belief than you. So I can go around and say my belief is more superior. I mean... I got news for you. How many people, how many people, and I'm not just talking about in church, I'm talking about in your job, in your, in your work environment. You have a different belief about how your job would be better off, how your company would be better off. Well, by golly, if they would just ask me, I could fix all this stuff in five minutes. I'd tell them exactly what they can do. Do you know that your belief systems, they're, they're wide, vast, and and basically, if you have an opinion about something, it is a belief. So one of the things I'm going to talk to you today is about the compartments of your heart. If my thing would work. Ah, there we go. So what is our heart? I, I, want, to, I want to stop for just a second and kind of talk about this because I kind of feel like that a lot of times people will say, well, you know, my heart is my, is my feelings. My heart's the way I feel about something. Well, no, that would be your emotions. Your emotions can, be, can, can drive your beliefs. I mean, I can get very emotional about a lot of things. And it can, it can cause me to have lots of belief systems that may or may not be true. I'm not saying that, that being emotional is a bad thing because it's, it's not. Emotions are a catalyst for good or bad. And we talked about that in the spirit, soul, and body teaching that I had a few weeks ago. But what I want you to understand is that 
Our heart is a system of beliefs. Our heart is a system of all our beliefs, not just a belief in God. You know, we, we tend to talk about being unequally yoked. How many people have, have, have been married or thought about being married? I know several married people in here, so I, you don't have to raise your hand. But there are, there are times where you were like, well, you know, I'm not unequally yoked with my spouse because we're both Christians. We both believe in Jesus. Well, what if you were what if your spouse was a was a Catholic and, and you were a Southern Baptist? Or hey, what about what about if 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 a spouse believed in Jesus but but that was all that they did? They didn't know anything else about the Bible. You're gonna have conflict about your belief system. Being unequally yoked just means that if I'm plowing and it was two oxen pulling at the same rate, that you pulled at the same rate, that you pulled in the same direction in every area of your life. My daughter is probably keeping Harper right now, but she's about to get married. Do you know that Heather and I spend more time talking to her and Micah about what do you believe Not, hey, do you believe in Jesus? That was the baseline. You don't even date if you don't believe in Jesus, right? I mean, if we're talking about the belief or not believing in Jesus, then we're talking about a different thing altogether. Don't even go out with them if they don't believe in Jesus. But what you need to do is you need to find out. Do you believe that it's okay that, you know, we have one kid, two kids, three kids? How about this? How about... You've lived in Alabama all of your life and, and, you know, all of a sudden we want to move to another place. What about, I mean, there's all the way down from, hey, can a woman speak in church? You can get into fights over that. Hey, how about, how about the fact that in your own heart, you may be sitting there going, I don't like something that you did. I don't truly like somewhere where you're going that has very little to do with Christianity, but it's going to take us down a path that I don't want to go. All of those are different beliefs that you have to talk through and kind of come to a consensus. Do we do this? Do I change? Do you change? And see, our belief system is is a culmination of all of those things. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter. Everybody has Thousands upon thousands of beliefs. In fact, in Romans 10, 8, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. Oh, this word heart, you know, that's that word of faith which we preach. So it's a belief system unto faith. Now you may be going, what's the difference between belief and faith? Well, faith has to do with the word. Belief has to do with everything else. See, if I don't have a word, a truth to go with it, it is just a belief. If I have the word to put on top of that belief, then I can have faith. Because I can trust in God's word if I trust God. Maybe I need to say that again. I kind of felt like there was some people that said, huh, let me scratch my head on that one. Okay, a belief is anything that I believe. I can have an opinion about anything. I can sit up here and go, you know, we didn't really go to the moon. That was actually in Nevada. <laughs> you know that when I was in, when I was working for Southern Lake, there was actually a guy that was there and he said, hey, um, we didn't go to the moon. And I go, me and you, or what are we talking about? You mean, you know, Buzz Aldrin and, and all these other, you know, astronauts? You don't think they went to the... No, I don't think so. Well, is that, is that a, a, a faith? No, that's a belief. But see, if I have the word of God to back up a belief, then I have trust in his word. I still feel like there's some people going, wait, 
I thought faith was this thing that we got. Well, yeah, it is. It is your spirit inside your spirit going, yes, that's correct. It's a, it's a reaffirming in your spirit in faith. See, what I want you to understand is because there's too many people that they have belief systems about the word of God that was not even in the word. We actually, one of, the, one of my friends from the pulpit, because, and I get it, I've been up here in the pulpit or I've taught somewhere else and you get caught up in the moment and you say something wrong, right? You think it's going to be impactful. And I remember this friend of mine and he goes, y'all were there, so I'll keep looking over at y'all, but, but you know, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's in the word. It is not in the word. Okay, if you believe that was in the word, then guess what? You're wrong. It's not in the word. But see, what we do is we will hear something and we will tie it to the word. And so if we see somebody, just you know, giving you an example, if I see somebody that's dirty, well, they must not be godly. See, our belief systems are vast and a lot of them are wrong. But when we can tie the word of God where I actually know something about the word and I'm able to tie it back to a belief, then now I can trust. And if I trust, I have faith. And then the Holy Spirit on the inside is going, yep, that's it. See, if you get nothing out of what I'm going to say today, that is one thing I want you to take away. If you can't find it in the word, then it's just an opinion. Okay, I'm going to move on because I, I feel like that, that I need to at this point. In verse 9 of Romans uh, 10, it says, this, this is, I'm sorry, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. This word heart is the word cardia. It means the core innermost part of your belief system. And let me tell you why. I believe that we have a definition in the Word of God that we're about to come up on of what our heart is. And it says here that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. Verse 10, here's our definition for what belief is. It says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. So all, right, all righteousness is is right standing. It would be that it would be correct. So if somebody says righteous to you, that means that you're correct. That means you're in the correct position with God. You're in the correct position in your belief. You're in the correct position with anything. Verse 10 here is a definition of what our heart is. For with the heart one believes. See, our heart has to be something that if it's not in righteousness, then it's just your opinion. Because it says, hey, you had to have the word of faith that was preached unto you in order to be able to have right standing in the word. And it says, with the mouth confessions is made unto salvation. So I, I put a graphic up here. This looks like a mailbox, you know, like if you were in a post office. I know that Meyer's probably going, this looks like something from Britain. I don't know. It, I don't think we have anything like this at our alabaster. I mean, you can tell me, do we have anything like this at our alabaster? But I found this picture. And there's like hundreds and hundreds of these boxes. And I put an equal sign. And as you can see, we have all these areas that we could have. It's like ethics, history, culture, politics, gender. Oh, man, we could. You go talk to some people and they'll tell you there's there's 86 or 200 or, or 7,000 genders. I mean, and you can go and talk to people about, oh, should we, uh, you know, if you're not the church of Christ, then you don't really go to heaven because the Bible uses the term church of Christ over and over again. So somebody back 100 or 200 years ago, they, they, they copyrighted that one and said, okay, well, then everybody has to come to my denomination. Okay, well, then, then now, okay, politics. Oh, well, you know, are you a Democrat or Republican? Well, uh, you might be an independent. And, and what does those things look like? 
See, our belief systems are vast. And sometimes you can be, <coughs> you can believe one thing. We can have a discussion on, we can have a discussion on um, Christianity. <coughs> Excuse me. We can have a, on, on Genesis 1-1, we could go and talk about Genesis 1-1 with a Jewish person, a Protestant Christian, a Catholic Christian. We could go and talk about Genesis 1-1 with an atheist that talks about how the Big Bang was this thing that was out there. And then you can go find in the same scientific atheist community where they said, well, we think that it could that the universe could have been eternal, never coming from a Big Bang. Do you know why? It's because we all have opinions. See, if we go back to Genesis 1-1, and he said, let there be light, and that the Holy Spirit was, was about the, the void of the earth, on the surface of the earth, well, then I can have a conversation with you. We can have, we could sit here and have a theological immutable type of conversation that was down to the T. I could go down to the Hebrew and we could talk all day long about that. But you know what? Go out there and find everything there is to know about the universe in books and you'll find a whole bunch of people's opinion. We have Christians that believe not... Not just that God created, but that God created evolution. Because they want to line up with someone else. We have people that believe that the universe is 13.8 billion years and the earth is 4.3 billion years old. And then we have other people that said everything is 8,000 years old or less. Go try to find somebody that will agree on anything and you'll find some very small pockets of friends. See, that's how we tend to go find our friends is through our belief systems. We tend to not go beyond our friend bubble. And our friend bubble is the bubble that says, you know what, I believe everything Joanne believes, so I'm going to go hang out with Joanne. Well, you know what? Greg and Darlene believe what Joanne believes, so I'm going to go hang out with Greg and Darlene. But I'm not going to go hang out with Reeve and Charlie because, you know, they believe that the earth is this amount and, and these people believe that it's this amount. See, that's what I want you to understand is that your compartment of your heart, you can have multiple belief systems that completely contradict the other belief systems. And those particular belief systems will shape the way that you deal with people. It'll shape the way that you deal with your life. We were actually having a conversation before, before talking about going to college, you know, kids trying to get scholarships and stuff. I was talking to Myra about this. And, you know, the thing is, is there's... 50,000 different ways that somebody can go to, go to college. And you'll find out from every single person that their way was the best way. You know why? Because in a lot of ways, God gave us the freedom to be able to go do the right thing for us. That's one of the reasons why we need to understand that something is not a belief and faith. That sometimes things are just our opinion. And it worked out for us. Sometimes we need to know, hey, that's not truth at all. And I need to weed that thing out of my heart. So when it comes to any of these things, you can believe in all different manners. And the problem is, is that if we have an unsettled idea, then we'll have unsettled beliefs. You ever had something where you just really didn't know one way or the other? And so you just kind of sat around and you would listen to people talk. And then after you listened to a bunch of people talk, you started settling on an idea that, well, that might be it. I, I remember we were, years ago, I was talking to some folks at work. And if you've ever worked in an environment where there's a bunch of people and they get together and they go to lunch. So you'll be, 
You'll be over here and you're working all day long and you're not talking about anything other than work. But you go to lunch with somebody and you go sit down at a table and the next thing you know is you're in the middle of a conversation about aliens. And I'm not talking about people from another country. I'm talking about space aliens. And we're and you're dead in the middle of a conversation with these people about what it is. And there was a guy who was like, I don't know what I believe about that. Towards the end of the conversation, somebody says something, and I don't remember exactly what it was because we had went through a myriad of discussions. But this guy goes, you know what, that's what I believe. Well, he went from saying, hey, I don't know if I believe anything. More than likely, he didn't want to tell us what he believed until somebody else said it first. See, an unsettled belief system will cause us to kind of flow back and forth. In fact, in James 4, 8, it says, Therefore, submit unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, O sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. This word double-minded means to vacillate back and forth. It means that I have multiple opinions. And if I have multiple opinions, it's like I'm like a pinball and I'm going back and forth. Have you ever played Pong? Bang, 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 bang. You know, I have found people that depending on who they're around, they believe differently. How many people has known somebody that you could be around them and you're a Christian and the next thing you know, they're around somebody who's not a Christian and they'll, they'll start, well, I don't want to make them mad. So I I don't know what I believe, so I'm just going to agree. You don't really believe, you just agree. And see, that's what I love about, that's what I love about James, is that James was a pretty hard dude. I mean, if you go read the book of James, James told it straight. He was flat out no chill, as as the kids say nowadays. I feel all cool now. But see, James was no chill. What James would do is he would come in and he would basically say, you either believe this or you can go to hell. How about that? We don't tend to have a lot of people that says, well, you believe the word of God or go to hell. I don't really give a flying blah, 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 blah. You know, I will tell you, I got really close right there to probably saying something I probably didn't need to. That was how much James... Like in it, it he he makes you just stand up and go, I'm either a Christian or I'm not. That's why Martin Luther hated James. That's why a lot of other people who who are in the, the the grace side of things, they go, Well, James is too hard. It's too harsh. But you know, James told it straight. And I love it because, you know, we find out in James four that, you know, A double-minded man, he basically is just vacillating. He needs to purify his heart. But when he gets into James chapter 1, when he first comes out of the gate, James is telling you straight up where you're at and how your mind is. James 1, 6 through 8 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Okay. I'm about to, because sh- I've got a road here and the thing is splitting. I couldn't find a wave and I couldn't find something where the person was trying to get back and forth. You know, but I'm going to give you an analogy. And dad will remember this because he whipped my tail over this. Okay. When I was a kid, I was at my grandparents' house and I wanted to spend the night. But about the time that my parents left the driveway... Then we would stop them. And I would say, no, I want to go home. I want to go home. And then I would get in the truck. And then we'd get about halfway down the road. And i go, no, I want to go back. I want to stay. How many have found kids that do that, right? I did this. Okay. So dad takes me back. I get back. I'm about to step out. And I go, no, I want to go home. Dad said, forget it. I'm making the choice for you. And by the way, you're getting a weapon when we get home. So I will tell you that this verse is so powerful. If you don't get this verse, 
then you're not going to understand who God is and why sometimes you receive and you don't receive. Okay? Because when I finish this up, this is going to be enlightening to you. You're going to come away. There's going to be, there's going to be shouting. People are going to be running around this place. It's going to be awesome. Because this is where most people do not receive. So if you're sitting in the middle of the water between, between America and the, and the UK, and every day you go, oh, I'm going to go to the UK. No, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back to America. No, I'm going to go back to the UK. No, I'm going to go back to America. See, it's like being tossed back and forth. And I don't receive America, and I also don't see, receive the UK. Because it says here in verse 7, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, everybody thinks this is hard and that God is not going to give you something, but that's not what this verse says. See, the word receive has nothing to do with give. Like, I can be sitting here and I can go, here's a dollar, who wants to receive it? You want to receive this dollar? You, you want to receive this dollar? Do you want this dollar? Do you want this dollar? You want this dollar? You want this dollar? Are you going to come get this dollar? See, I just gave you an example of what God is doing. God's sitting here going, I've provided a gift. You have to receive it. See, if you get nothing other than what I told you before and this... What I want you to understand is that your heart cannot receive something where I'm in the middle of a decision. I can't. Lord, I don't know if I believe you. I don't know if I believe you. I don't know if I believe you. Yes, I'm going to believe you today. Oh, no, I'm not going to believe you. And the Lord's going, I'm, I'm holding the wallet out and I throw it on the ground. But I, I'm receiving Oh, there's some credit cards in here and there's some, there's a $10. I'm not giving the $10 away. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a vagrant. I want to actually be able to leave here and not. But I want you to understand how, how God works. God has gifts that he gives unto all men. But because of this one verse, we don't understand why we don't get stuff from God. It's because there's a lot of times in our heart we believe one thing. I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in healing. Oh, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe that God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, it's in the word, but I just don't believe it. It's never happened to me. I've, I've never had it happen, so I'm not going to believe it. Oh, I got news for you. There's lots of things in the word that's never happened to me. I've never had somebody be raised from the dead. But is it in the Word? Absolutely it's in the Word. And what you have to understand is that just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it is. It's like, I've never seen the wind. That was pretty good. I don't see air molecules, but I breathe every single day. See, that's what we have to understand is that we receive nothing from God when one minute I go, well, I believe you, God, but I just don't believe that you really are going to do it for me. I just don't receive it. So if I have an unsettled belief, an unsettled idea, then I won't receive anything from God. I will get saved and I'll be stuck waiting for heaven. When, when John, John 3 tells us pretty much why Jesus came, he came to give us a life and to give it to us more abundantly. It had nothing to do with, I'm just going to give you heaven. No, he wanted to give you something now and he wanted to give you something in heaven. It was, it was a twofold thing. It was what you get now is what you get later. He didn't want to like get you saved and go, okay, you're going to get your brains kicked out for the next 60 years. But guess what? In heaven, it's going to be awesome. Well, I got news for you. It is going to be awesome in heaven. But it's also going to be awesome now. If I can just 
stop going, I don't believe, Lord. Because if I just believe what your word says, then now my belief, my opinion turns into faith. And then faith moves mountains. So let me just say this to you, okay? What I want you to understand is what you say, like when the chips are down, when you smash your thumb and you say the S word. I mean, when you get hit by something, whatever you say is what you're putting in. And whatever you say is also what you believe. Now, I will tell you, I've heard some people and and known some people, I mean, even in my own family, that was driving and all of a sudden somebody almost sideswaps them. And then all of a sudden, they start praying Psalms 91. You know why they were praying Psalms 91? Because they believed it. And when hell was coming at them, oh, we're about to be hit. They didn't go, ah! They went, no. I'm going to say the word. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to scream, help Jesus. Help Jesus. Do you know that what you say when the chips are down is what you believe? Now, when you come and talk to Pastor Dusty, you know, and you come walking up and you're like, hey, I'm having a conversation with Pastor Dusty. I don't care what you say. You can tell me doubt and unbelief. You can tell me the word. In fact, I want people to be I want people to say what they feel and how they want to do it. It doesn't bother me. I work with all kinds of people. I don't get offended and I don't believe the Holy Spirit gets offended either. But I will say this. What you say, I go, that's what they believe. And I found that a lot of people, they have their their Christian face on and then they have their Game of Thrones face where it's like, I'm going to go stab them in the throat. Okay? And the reason for this is because what we're putting in and what we're doing and what we're believing has to do with, I just spend more time in whatever it is, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, or whatever. Or, hey, how about this? The other day I was sitting there and I was having a discussion um, there's a bunch of like German outlets and stuff like that I've been watching because of the Ukrainian-Russian war. And the propaganda that, that Russia is doing is pretty crazy. I mean, they're saying stuff that's not just a, not just a lie, but it's like, I'm going to lie to you, and then I'm going to just add one for good measure. I'm going to keep ratcheting it up. And basically... Whenever the lie comes out, you can kind of see where they're going. And I'll tell you why. At first, Russia come out and they said, ah, we're just doing a military exercise. We're just out here on this border. Well, then the next thing you know, it's like, well, there's a bunch of Russian people that are being trapped by Nazis. Nazis? Where's the Nazis? It's like in, in the Ukraine. It's like even the president is a Nazi. It was like, he's a Jew. His grandfather was killed by Nazis. It's like, oh, well, then he might not be a Nazi. But the Nazi, neo-Nazi sympathizers, they're the ones that are pushing him along. Do you see how people can be led astray? Little by little. And see, we have propaganda in the media. For everything. I mean, everybody has their... Propaganda is your opinion. It doesn't have to be your... It can be your facts. But it is not truth. And see, that's what I want you to understand here is that your belief system and what you say indicates where your true belief is. And you can go find the nicest person over in Russia... And in a certain age group, it just, I don't know why it's a certain age group. You can go talk to somebody that's over 50 years old in Russia and you can ask and they go, there's Nazis over there in Ukraine. They believe it. They would die for it. Do you see? They're saying it. They propagate it. 
This is not something that they just was like, we heard. No, they actually go, we know there are Nazis over there. And you go into the, you go into the country and it's like, where's the Nazis at? But because they've been fed a lie. You know, I was talking to, to Landon last night and it, he was like, I just don't understand why people believe the things that come out of it, come out of their mouth. I told him, I said, I said, let me ask you a question. Think of the person that you would trust the most, that even if they said something crazy, you'd still believe that it was because they, because what they say, you've always known to be true. I mean, think about it. We have people right now, our own president will get up and he'll say something completely, well, it's, un, it's unlegible. You can't understand what he said. But he will say something that's just untrue and there's 50% of the nation that goes, yep, that's it. And then, hey, Orange Man on the other side back, you know, a year or two ago, so I'm not, he'll say something and there was people who was like, yes, I believe that. See, I'm not trying to be political. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show you that we can be led around by people and by things, whether they're true or not. A lot of times if I hear a certain, a, a certain newscaster or a certain a person, you know, a, a politician, a certain politician, I will tend to believe what they say over somebody else. It's just the way it is. And see, that's where we're at, is that whatever we say is what we'll tend to believe. Now, where did you get that belief from? Where was the, where was the belief that, where did it come from? Like, did it come from some guy that, that you trusted that said, hey, it's, this is going to happen? You know, it was, it was kind of funny back during the pandemic. It's not funny it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. But I'm, I'm in the cybersecurity game. I, I get briefings on all kinds of stuff. In fact, even my family will say what's going on. And sometimes I'll tell them, sometimes I won't because I just can't. But I will tell you this. During the pandemic, I'd got nothing about the military was going to roll through the streets of America and do martial law. Got nothing but I got more people that called me up on the phone and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I got it from good authority from these people that this is going to happen. You need to go buy this type of groceries and you need to get ready and prepare for six weeks of just being locked in your house. And, and I was going, okay, I'm not hearing that at all. That's not what I, that, that's nothing that I'm hearing from the government themselves. Now, for a day or so, because of the person that told me, Heather and I, I'm going, that person just wouldn't just tell me untruths. They got it from somebody they trusted, and I trust them, so I'm going to kind of give some credence to this, right? I, I, was like, I was like, there may be something to this. So we went, and we needed groceries anyway. We went and bought groceries. You couldn't find a stitch of toilet paper anywhere, but you would go try to get toilet paper or whatever. And we got back to the house, and a day or so went by, and I was actually asking some of the people in my company and in, my, and in the government that we deal with on a given basis, and they were like, not heard about that at all. There's not even been anybody immobilized for that. And see... We will, I mean, if one of you guys told me something, I mean, I'm probably not going to go bet on it or go invest in it, but I'm going to sit there and go, well, they seem to know something. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. <clears throat> so what I want you to understand is that whatever you say, it causes belief in yourself. It also causes belief in others that trust you. So watch what you say. See, as a pastor, I sit at, stand up here and I, I really read these scriptures and I read the things and, and think about these things and I ask the Lord, Lord, do you really want me to say it that way? Because if I say it, there's going to be people who are going to believe it. 
So I have to go find a scripture that backs it up. In order to be able to say, I'm standing on the scripture, this is not Dusty's opinion. Because I could give you my opinion about a lot of things. There's a lot of things in the word that I wish wasn't so. I really do. But the word, if it contradicts my opinion, I have to give you that. In Matthew, it says here, Matthew 15, 17, it says, Do do you not yet understand that whatever enters into your mouth goes into the stomach and then is eliminated? Verse 18 says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, your belief system, and they defile a man. They don't just defile you, they defile other people. See, he was talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were saying, why does why does your disciples not follow all these traditions? Don't you know that they're not being that they're being defiled? And he was telling them, Hey, what's coming out of your mouth? And what you're saying has been hurting the nation of Israel for quite some time. It says, verse 19, For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemes. Verse 20 says, there are, These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. See, we have a lot of rituals, we have a lot of things that we do, but whatever I tell you, whatever you tell me, can make me change my beliefs. If I truly believe in you, like my wife, she can come up and tell me, I saw this. And until I go research it, I'm going to take it as gospel. I'm going to say, hey, I believe that she believes it, that she saw it. And then for a little while, if somebody comes by and says, did you hear about this? I'm going to go, yeah, Heather was telling me about that. And so it's going to reinforce what I believe. How many people have have had those kind of things happen? It's a little bit like the pandemic story I just told you, where two or three people are telling you the exact same thing, and then you find out that the whole thing was a hoax. That makes you just like, it's like, I don't trust anything. I don't trust the, the media. I don't trust people. And now I become untrusting That's one of the reasons why I believe that our current situation with all the social medias and everything are bad news. And the reason why I believe this is because I can get a piece of information right this moment. Like I could get, my phone could go off right now and I could go, there's a nuclear war. And really it could be a scam trying to get me to click on something. A few years ago I was at work and they had these scammers that we had hired to come in and see if if our people would click on stuff came in and they they basically crafted an email that said that uh, a nuclear power plant had blown up and we were like what and so all these people were going and clicking on the thing and i said wait a minute because i heard all these people i mean literally in my department because they were targeting us there was people in their cubes i could hear them going Hey, did you hear this nuclear power plant blew up? Yeah, I heard it. I just got an email from it and all that. I literally stood up, me and another guy that works with me, and went, don't click on it. It's false. Let me tell you why it's false. It's because whatever I see in an email, I go check out through other sources. Hey, if, if I get an email that says my bank account that you need to click this link in order to get $80 back, I don't know if any of y'all got that one. You're going, $80? I really would like to have that $80. bucks. i am going to click the link. No! Go to, your, go to your bank's website. Go call somebody. See, that's what we have to understand is that our belief system, that all of these things that we have in our in our society and everything, that without validation, without us actually going and researching it and putting it into our belief system, we can change our beliefs like that. I mean, social media, I can read five articles in less than two minutes. If I believed every single one of them, I'd be crazy. Crazy. 
if you ever look at what they try to force down a 40-something-year-old man's uh, Facebook feed, it's pretty insane. I'm just going to tell you straight up. One minute, they're trying to put a naked lady on there. The next minute, they're trying to give me some sort of like Viagra. The next minute, they're trying to give me a, you know, some sort of thing about uh, how the world's going to come to an end. The next and it's over and over and over. And I can believe lies of, well, I'm 40-something years old. Maybe I need to go talk to my doctor about diabetes. Well, are you having a problem? No, I'm not. I'm just going to go talk to him about it because the Facebook feed told me I needed to. The, yeah, they don't even tell you why. It's like, go ask Razenica. And you're like, if I, and I've actually went and looked up some of these and it would be like, there's a rare disease of the blood. And if you were just to ask your doctor about it, I, I think my blood's okay. But what do, you want, what do you want to believe in? Because fear is a belief. Fear is the outward expression of an emotional belief. Oh, man. That blood disease thing, they're saying people over 40 can get it. How about this? The shingles. I got, you know, have you ever had the chicken pox? Well, 50 blah, blah, blah percent of all Americans that have the chicken pox, they're going to get shingles when they get to this age. So you end up having people that go and say, well, I'm going to get a shot for shingles and I'm going to get a shot for this and I'm going to get a shot for that. Is there anything wrong with getting a shot? I don't know. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to be somebody's guinea pig. If I have my doctor come to me and go, yeah, this is really okay, but I'm not going to let Facebook or the TV tell me to go do this. I'm going to let somebody that I trust, I'm going to go research and I'm going to go find out. See, that's what we have to understand is that if we constantly say everything that comes at us, we're going to be nuts. But if I can get you to change your beliefs, then I can change your world. If you change your beliefs, you change your world. Because do you know that hell could be going on around you and if you don't have any fear about it, you just go through your day. That's the Toys R Us kids song. But anyway, I, I will tell you, you'll be just like those kids when I, was, when I was in the 80s and I would hear that song come on. I'd be like, hey, I'm a Toys R Us kid. I had no worries. I, well, I did worry Dad wasn't going to buy anything from Toys R Us because it was too expensive. But, you know, you're like what Jesus said where you have faith like a child. I'm not worried about the blood disease and I'm not worried about whether I'm going to get shingles and I'm not worried about all those other things because if I'm sitting there going, there's nothing going on. I mean, do I go and prep in the backyard because we could have a nuclear war? No, I'm praying if we have a nuclear war, just drop it directly on me so I don't have to deal with it. See, we have to understand that what our belief systems is, they affect our world. There are people who are so afraid of the things that are going on in their own life, that going on not in their life but in other people's lives, why do we hear about some, some lady that got abducted and shot in Dearborn, Michigan? It's because it's tantalizing. The, the newscaster gets to talk about how this could happen to anybody. She was in the middle of this, you know, uh, parking lot and she got attacked. Well, the moment I say that, all the women go, well, I'm a woman. And I go into parking lots. It could happen to me. Well, yeah. I mean, a deer could run through the door right now and come and tackle me. There's, there's all kinds of possibilities. By the way, there's a YouTube video that's pretty awesome that this deer comes flying through this business and just goes and wrecks everything and then leaves. It was pretty, you can go find it if you want to. It's pretty funny. But see, when we have no doubt, belief wins out. See, what we have to understand is that doubt and unbelief 
they're, they're contradictory to each other. And they, it's like a scale. And if I have a lot of belief and very little doubt, then it's going to win out. But if I have doubt and not a lot of belief, then that's what's going to win out. Mark eleven twenty two uh, through 24. Now, I'm going to tell you this scripture right here in certain circles. Uh, y'all probably don't know who Kenneth Hagin is. I know the front row over here does. Oh, Myra knows. But, you know, we always used to joke that this was the scripture that Kenneth Hagin wrote because he built his whole ministry on Mark eleven twenty three twenty four, And so it's not as funny. I would have gotten a lot more laughs if we were in a Word of Faith church. But anyway, what I do want you to understand is that this, there is a lot of truths in here that we need to mine out real quickly. First off, in Mark eleven twenty two, so Peter and, and Jesus and all the disciples had went into Bethesda. He's coming back out. The day before, he had cursed the fig tree because it didn't have any figs. Okay? He comes back out because they had went into the temple. He had just flipped all of the money changers' tables. They were four or five hundred pounds, and one man picks it up. And it's, the Greek word for that means that it went end over end. You know, you know, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome, right? But in every temple, there was guards with swords, sickle swords, and they would come and they would cut you down if you did anything in the temple. See, what you have to understand is that when Jesus went into the temple, he saw the money changers, he flipped the table. There was more miracles happening than you ever saw in your life. There was more miracles going on in that temple because he flips this table, it's four or five hundred pounds, all the guards leave him alone. He goes in and he worships God, he comes out, they do their business and he goes back on the road. And see, what I want you to understand is his disciples are standing there while he's whipping people. You sorry money changers, you're defiling my father's house. Flips the table. It wasn't Jesus walked in and said, well, I can't do it to any of these, but just pushes the ta- this small little table over and goes, you defiled my house, my father's house. It wasn't the way it was. Jesus was full on violent. I'm talking about running around there like a madman flipping things over and not one guard did anything to him. Now, if I was a disciple and I saw all that happen and we're walking back from after all that had happened and all of a sudden Peter sees a fig tree that's dead and he goes, Master, the fig tree that you cursed is dead. Woo! Awesome! See, that, that's about the way <coughs> I would have been if I would have been sitting there too. You just saw me flip tables, whip people, and nothing happened to me. I walked into that town. I walked out of that town. You're, there's a dead tree over here, and you're all excited. See, I want you to understand what Mark eleven twenty two really is. Because we, we don't get the emphaticness of this. But Jesus, is, guys, I've seen, I, I really believe that God has shown me this scene. I, I believe that I've prayed on this and I've seen, I, I have seen this in my spirit. They're walking back. There's a tree. It's dead. And Peter goes, Master, look at the tree that you cursed. It's awesome. Look at, look at what you did. The words that you said to it, it killed it. And Jesus is like walking and all of a sudden he goes, What? Peter, come here. Have faith in God! That's what Jesus did to him. Full on, screamed in his face, have faith in God. What are you talking about? A tree? I curse the tree. Who cares? You've seen all these other things happen. You've seen all these other things go on and you're worried about a tree? 
That means that you've not heard anything that I've said this whole time. You've not heard anything that I've done. You've not paid attention to any of it. And then he says in verse 23, it says, And for assuredly I say unto you, whosoever sayeth unto a mountain. He's saying, hey, don't even worry about a tree. Whatever I say to a mountain, it's going to go and it's going to cast itself into the sea. Because that's what I believe. That when I say things, that they're going to come to pass. Because I believe them. See, we get so excited if something small happens in our life. But God has the power to create the whole heavens and the earth. He can recreate everything for you. And what we do is we go, well, God, you really showed up for, for sister such and such, but I just don't know if you're going to show up for me. And I believe Jesus is screaming from heaven going, have faith in God. Because I've created every single thing and I've given my body to you. I've put promises in the word. All you have to do is believe them. All you have to do is just say, yes, Lord. Yes. I don't doubt. I believe. I don't doubt. I believe. Everybody say, I don't doubt. I believe. I I want one more time. I don't doubt. I I believe. believe. Do you know that there's a part of me that I'm sitting here and I'm going, I'm going, I just wish y'all could see it. In the spirit, I wish you could see it. I wish you could see how Jesus operated because Jesus would operate not like some, some guy that floated three foot off the ground like, Jesus walked around like the bad mamma jamma he was. Do you know that that when they said that he spoke with authority as one who knew? It didn't he didn't speak and say, Well, we believe the scriptures say. See, that's the way the Pharisees would do is they would open up the book and they would say, We believe that this happened, and we believe that Jesus would open the scriptures and say, This is what it is, boys. All the men, all the people who believe. Come on back over here because I'm going to show you the real thing. In fact, in Romans 12, 3, which I love Romans 12. It's a really great, especially the first five uh, scriptures there. Um, But I love Romans 12, 3 because it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. I put this little meme. I actually got this off the internet, but I I put the meme up there. God giving us the measure of faith and a true believer, when he gets that measure back, I'm going to use every bit of faith that has been measured unto me. But see, how we do that is we don't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And you may think to yourself, well, I don't think very highly of myself. Well, yeah, some people do. Maybe you don't. But I've actually thought very highly of myself and thought, I don't know if I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to believe my own word. My own word comes from circumstances. And, you know, in my life, it's been really tough. I, I remember being in high school and I had ADD and dyslexia. And, you know, they just kind of passed me. And I, I played football. And I remember, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll pass you. We'll, you know, you don't have to do very much. And, and I got accustomed to that. And I would, and, and the thing is, is that I thought highly of my, my own situation. I thought very highly of my own situation. And then when I got a hold of Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Then guess what happened? I started thinking lower of myself. And I started thinking more highly of God's words. See, a lot of times we think humility is something that I'm being humble. Oh, that was all God. No, 
Being humble means that I'm believing God's word over my own. I'm believing God's word over my own circumstances. I'm believing God's word over the things that people are telling me. You know what? If I didn't have a friend in this world, if, if you all decided not to show up because you're like, man, Dusty, you're way out there. You know what? The Holy Spirit would still be here. And I would still be believing what he told me rather than what anybody else told me. So I want you to understand, and, and I'm closing with this right here. Do you, know that, do you know that in every single circumstance in your life, in every single circumstance that you have, you get the opportunity to believe what the world is telling you and what your circumstance is telling you, or you get to believe what God's word is telling you. You know, I love Matthew 6, It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Well, let me ask you this question. And this is a, this is a question that is rhetorical. You can go home. You can think about this. How many times in your life, when, when the chips were down, did you go pull the Word up and say, Lord, show me in the Word where, what do I do? Or do I go, woe is me. This is my, this is my burden to bear. My circumstance is just something I'm going to have to deal with. See, what we have to understand is, am I thinking more highly of my own circumstances or am I thinking more highly of God's circumstances? Because if I'm thinking more highly of God's circumstances, then I'm going to put His Word first in every single area of my life. And I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to go away from it. Hey, if, if all of a sudden the circumstance gets worse, I'm still going to go back to His Word. I'm still going to go back to His belief. I, I'm not going to turn away from it. Because you just don't know that on the other just, I mean fraction of a second God can change the whole thing God can move in your direction and see if we decide to go away from our go away from our circumstances the moment that God says hey I've I've set everything up for it to be the, the right timing and everything you'll go nah I'm going to think more highly of my own situation and I'm not going to be sober-minded and I'm not going to think according to God's Word, but against His Word. And as I'm closing this out, I'm going to pray for us. And if you have any prayer requests or anything, I'll be up here afterwards. But you know, one of the things that I want each and every one of us to do, and I'm doing this, I'm actually thinking about my circumstances. I'm thinking about things that I want to change in my life that I've been putting against God's Word. Because there's little pet things that everybody likes to hold on to that we, that we, we pet. Well, this is my thing. Well, I've got this problem and it's my thing. It's the thing I like to one-up somebody else about. Somebody goes... I have the lumbago and I have the you know I have the gout in the foot it's like well my thing's worse let me tell you about it my you know I've got a blood disease that you know has shingles in it I mean whatever it is people will hold on to it and they'll pet it and say this is my thing So I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray us out. But I want this week to be something where we we do our homework. We think about those things where it's like, I've really been holding on to some things for more more time than I need. I need to find out the word about these certain circumstances. I need to go and change my heart so so that I have that one part of my heart changed. Do you know that there's thousands of other things that you can every single day ask Lord what do I change today what are the the beliefs the wrong beliefs the, the, the awkward beliefs that I have that I can change see God wants you to go find the promise and not go find the problem 
We don't pray the problem, we pray the promise. In fact, I'm just letting you know if things to come, I'm going to teach on prayer because I believe that a lot of times we, we just say words, but we don't really know how to pray. And so in the next coming weeks, we're going to do that after next week where Jacob and them's coming in. Everybody bow your heads. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. We just thank you, Father, <clears throat> that every single person at the sound of my voice, whether they're here or they're listening to us on the podcast, that they are taking the time to go through and say, Lord, what is the right beliefs? The key indicators, Father, show me where things that I'm saying, that it's like every time I say that, it's like it's negative. It's, it's against your word. It's not for your word. So that I don't think more highly of myself and my circumstances than I ought that I think soberly and that I use the measure of faith that you've given us, Father. I pray over each and every one of us. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're there to teach us all things, to bring to our remembrance those things so that we can actually take and root those things out of our heart. And that slowly but surely, and maybe even quickly in some areas, that you're showing us and that we just believe. It's the, I mean, it can be the, just like that, we can just go from unbelief to belief. And that's what we're going to do is, Father, I just pray that the word becomes a loud voice, that while they're reading the word, that you're pointing out through the Holy Spirit what things that they need to be listening to, those promises, and that they start praying the promise. We just thank you, dear Lord, for each and every person here. Thank you for a great week next week. And we just pray in Jesus' name that you just lead people across their path, that they can tell them about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help people to not be afraid to pray with people about all of their situations. And Father, we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.